Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. On this edition of the Cubs Talk podcast, brought to you by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide, Maddie Lee, Gordon Whitmire, Tim Stevens, and I give you bold predictions and a spirited debate on how you remake the Chicago Cubs without spending too much money. Let's play two. Back, 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 back. Way back, it might be, it could be, it is. Holy cow! The fly, he scores! Welcome to another edition of the Cubs Talk podcast, off-season style. I'm David Kaplan. Our producers are Tony Gillen, Jeff Nelson, Gordon Wittenmeyer, Maddie Lee, Tim Stebbins, and I are going to make some bold predictions for the off-season. Okay, folks, now that I've gotten a class from Maddie on how to make pumpkin seeds, let's do our podcast so I can get to work in the kitchen. Surprise my wife with some Cayenne pepper, spicy pumpkin seeds. Those sound amazing, Maddie. All right, here's the first topic for prediction. Will Theo Epstein be the president of the Chicago Cubs in baseball operations January 1 of 2021? Just a couple short months away. Yes, I'll say yes. The indications I'm getting are that... uh, uh, he's he's continuing to stay a part of this operation as we're going kind of week to week. And their contracts run through the end of October. So their contract years begin November 1st. Now, that's not a hard date for anything. They can do whatever they want. But it does seem like that's kind of a soft date for making a decision. And if that decision hasn't been made yet, I say he's there in January. Maddie? I'm going to also say yes. And I'm going to add that if he's in there... He's still there in January. I don't see what advantage there would be for him to leave in February or midseason or any of that. That um, you might see some sort of transition process. I think we all are predicting, if we're going to stay on that theme, that Jed will take over. Obviously, we're not reporting that that's a done deal or anything like that. But if that's the case, you might see some sort of transition process midseason, but not a full stepping down if I'm predicting if he's there on January 1st. I've got a weird feeling. I, I feel like, you know, we have, we've said it on other podcasts. The last time we spoke to them was almost a month ago, and um, he was going to meet with the team. And obviously, we haven't heard about it since, which could mean nothing. It could mean it's ongoing. I just got a feeling that, I'll be bold here. I'll say something's going to come up in the next few weeks where 
yes, he he steps down. I'll play devil's advocate here and say that he he leaves the year before his contract ends, and they don't replace the position though. I think that's key. I think with the the financial you know state of the league and all these losses that. Um, they don't necessarily have to fill his role so much as someone else, you know, we just said Jed Hoyer, that would make a lot of sense just to become the lead person in baseball ops, but it wouldn't necessarily be as president, at least not this off season because of the financial climate. We saw that. Uh, where do we see that? Cincinnati, the president was out and they just made the general manager, the top guy and didn't change his title. Yeah. I'm going to co-sign with Tim Stebbins here. And I do not believe Theo will be the president of the baseball operations department. And why would he do that? Maddie asked, because a, once he gets assurance that Jed is going to be the successor and the guy in charge, he will look at it as an opportunity to move on to whatever it is he's going to do next and settle his contract with Tom to save the club I'll say half the money, $5 million that Jed might be able to use to save a player. Because I would think that's where I see it going. They already took pretty steep pay cuts, especially at the top of the, of the management uh, tier. I would, I'd take it a step further. I, I, I would think that the biggest motivation is to save money. And I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see him uh, step aside from the whole 10 million. Uh, if, that's the, if that's the decision that he makes. Yeah, that's possible. It wouldn't actually even be the whole $10 million because we're already beyond the one-year date from when that contract starts. That's not, that's not true. Uh, November 1st is when the final year that, – that's the, that's the starting date of the final year. Okay, so we've got November 1st coming up here yep. in three or four days. So if it doesn't happen in the next few days, he's getting paid at that rate, and we'll see where it all goes. I'm just going to go with Tim Stebbins here, and – I'm jealous of the amazing head of hair he has, and I have absolutely none. And I think he's onto something here. I'm going to say Theo's not here. Okay, here's topic number two. Wait, 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 wait. What, what if some of us have some predictions that aren't on your list? Oh, fire away, kid. It's your podcast. Oh, I, got, I, got, I, got, I got one for you that you're going to love. Bring it on. Okay. We know that about 40 million is falling off the books. And we just talked about a scenario in which Theo could free up even more money. And we know that there's going to be a massive cut to the payroll this year. There has to be. It's a, it's, and it's going to be urgent and a, and a mandate like we haven't seen before. It's only a matter of how much. But how are they going to move some of these hitters? My thought is, my bold prediction is, Kimbrell is the guy that gets moved to free up 16 million and the core opens the open spring training on the roster. The hitting core comes back. Well, and the, th the thinking on that, what, what, the thinking on that, that's another 16 million. It's a one year deal for a closer. There are a handful of teams in win now mode that have to maximize that. And, and it's even more incentivized to make the playoffs possibly in this climate than it might have been otherwise. And if you're a team like Philly, who has money and dry powder and a horrible bullpen, you could be in line for a one-year salary on a, on a closer that looked really, really good after his first two weeks this year. And uh, all it takes is one other team and you have a market. Yeah. I'll, if you tell me that the same hitting core comes back intact, I'm going to tell you that's a team not trying to win then. Because we've watched this 
impotent, lousy offense for three years. No chance. Nah, I put it, I'll put it back on you the other way. I'll throw that right back in your face because they're talking about threading a needle and trying to win. If you get rid of the, some of these hitters, there's no way to turn around with the resources you have and necessarily replace it. If you, if you bring the hitters back and over the course of a full season or most of a full season, you can bank on roughly their career numbers, you're right back in it. And it's a lot easier to replace this one guy in the bullpen, who, by the way, wasn't even your closer this year, than it might be to replace a productive hitter. And you're going to – his salary is a, right in the same range as your top two salaries among those hitters that you're going to try to dump and might not have as much market to do so. Gordon, what's your pitch to a team that says, this guy wasn't even a closer all year? My pitch is take a look at his numbers. We had a strange season. There was a lot going on with him at home uh, with the, the, the protocols and, and a daughter at risk and things like that. And once we got him into the right place and the right headspace, he was able to roll. He averaged about two strikeouts an inning uh, the rest of the way after those horrible first three or four outings. And uh, his walk totals were way down. I, I don't know if he walked, what, more than one in September. Uh, and and was it actually put up a few leverage innings for him uh, in that second half? So I think I think a team that needs a guy like that, you say, look, go back and look, man. He was locating his his, his curveball. He was his velocity was up where it's been in his his whole career, and he was locating that fastball and getting strikeouts on it. Okay, so I went back through their salaries that they are going to have. You're 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 talking about. Again, we're not including arbitration raises. Just money coming off the books. You're just over $50 million. Then you have to take out, as you mentioned, the Lester buyout gets you back down somewhere 42, 43 yeah, million. Rough, roughly 40 million because there's a couple of other little loose change things you got to tie up to. Correct. Now, if you are able to go out and move Craig Kimbrell's money, God bless them. But I do not see any scenario that all four core hitters are back opening day. I'll and by the way, the, the scenario on Kimbrell, the only requirement you're making of that other team is you take the money. It really doesn't matter what you get back. Correct. And, and right. so that's, that's my call. I was going to, can I add to that? One of, one of my predictions would be that I, I, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to be bold here and I'm, I'm going to say, you know, all four guys do come back, and I guess five you count uh, Contreras. And I say this because I don't think, A, with arbitration raises, I kind of wrote about it. There's some projections out there that there's from MLB trade rumors where they have three scenarios just because of all the uncertainty with how they're going to, you know, go about even getting these figures. And in each scenario, the Cubs guys, you know, Bryant, uh, Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, like they're not – necessarily do for big jumps just because of the weirdness of the year and then the production it did so i think for one reason that i could see them not trading anybody i know it's absurd for cubs fans to hear that that is the money isn't going to be that big of a jump two though i don't know what you're going to get back for these guys where it's even going to be worth it besides for the sake of change and i kind of wrote about that uh, a couple weeks back on nbcsportschicago.com how it might be absurd but status quo might not be the worst thing and that's when you get into they had this weird year Chris Bryant played 34 games, uh, 60 games only gets you through the end of May. And as bad as those numbers were, and as much as this has been a three-year trend now, 
you're not going to get anything back where it might be worth trading. And then to your point earlier, Cap, if you're keeping them, okay, then it shows that maybe you're not trying to win. But if you trade them, you're not going to win either. So that's kind of a scenario where I get into where maybe Gordon's onto something where if they can move Kimbrell's money, that clears up a big financial issue. And then you still have a chance to win by keeping those guys as much as we as fans or as fans would kind of be against that most likely. I still don't see that that solves all their financial issues because I had somebody I trust tell me their internal projections are that at the end of the 2021 season, even if we have a vaccine in January, their internal projections show that their two-year amount of money lost will exceed $300 million. $300 million. They got rid of 100 people in their front office between business and baseball. I Wow, that's almost biblical. That is biblical losses. I'm just telling you, when you got a billion dollars of debt on your balance sheet, you got service debt service payments you got to make, you got a TV network that's not generating what you hoped it would generate. Hey, man, you're not filling your hotel. You're not filling your your real uh, retail space there. You have no one in your stands. I'm just telling you, I think there's more money coming off the books than just Craig Kimbrell. I think there's a lot coming off the books. And, and it, it's definitely, you know, the, the scenario um, does take into account, you know, just we don't know how steep these cuts are going to be. They're going to have to be steep. But they also have to have programming, Cap. you got no way to recoup, you know, your lost revenues with that TV the TV network if you can't put something on the air when the season comes back because they're not putting dick on the air right now. They're not. <laughs> Well, I think one of the things we've talked about generally this before, but one thing that's changed since we last all got together was they have fans in the stands for the playoffs for the world series. And so you're looking at a couple teams in Texas that likely will be able to have some fans in the stands. So their calculations change and we don't know how many other teams that'll be the case. So the market could be a little more, robust than we than we originally thought good word yeah or, or uneven uh, uneven in a way it, it could create different big market teams this winter gordon if you need maddie or i to help you with your choice of words we're more than willing <laughs> we're on, we're on the same page nailed it <laughs> yeah but i'm gonna stay away from the pumpkin seeds there it's all go. the same to you <laughs> okay here's another one and again any of you have one just feel free to blurt it on out here's another one for you Will the Cubs make a major change in their coaching staff before opening day? Oh, okay. So I don't know if this counts as a ma- well. One of mine that I have written down is that, and this is I'm going bold, but Will Venable will be hired as the Red Sox manager. We know wow. that he's interviewed with them, and I think a lot of people assume that Alex Cora is coming back. But bear with me. Chaim Bloom had to deal with this whole mess. They're already clearly making a move towards the future. Why not? Why move backwards and go back to Cora when you could move forwards and hire someone who's considered to be a rising star who can grow with your next iteration of this team in Will Venable? A very good one. Wow. And you could see Alex Cora. 
maybe managing the White Sox. There you go. It all ties together. Him or A.J. Hinch. Or- I like Cora on the south side better than I like Hinch. And that's not a knock on Hinch as much as I just think Cora would be so much of a better fit there. Tim? Yeah, if we're blurring some out, I'll, I'll be really bold here. We're talking about money falling off the books. And, you know, we mentioned John Lester's buyout. I'm going to say John Lester goes to Atlanta, signs with the Braves, who this year starting pitching was a huge issue down there for them. They had injuries, Cole Hamels, Felix Hernandez opt out. Uh, I think Mike fulton was in, ineffective. Soroka got hurt. So they were thin on depth, and that was, you know, obviously a big part of their issues. But they're still going to need to fill a rotation spot maybe too. And I think if the Cubs, if their losses get to the point where maybe they get to a uh, situation with Lester – they can't negotiate something, and I think there's a really good chance he does come back. I think Atlanta makes a lot of sense for him just as someone, you know, he lives down there in the offseason. Uh, that's a, a team that he could win a World Series with. It would be the third team he would win with, and it would be a, a young pitching staff and a young team that he could really bring something to, kind of like what Cole Hamels was supposed to be for them this year before uh, he kind of started getting hurt. And it, it would be a similar setup, maybe not the same money, but kind of a, a one-year deal down there where – he could have an impact and maybe win a ring. Wow. They might, they might have more money to offer than the Cubs might too. Yeah. I don't think John's about how much money it is. He's a comfort and fit guy. And if Theo's not going to be here, we're hoping that it's Jed. And we, I think we all believe it'll be Jed, but if there's turnover in the front office here, there's nothing tying him to Chicago. If he doesn't feel like he can win and his home his dream home that he and his wife Farrah built, is in Atlanta. So it would be a comfort fit for him as well. Don't you? Yeah. I'm not even sure it's, I don't even think it's 40 minutes away from that stadium. That's how close he lives Correct. to that ballpark. So I, yeah, in fact, when they, uh, when they travel to Atlanta, he stays at home. Yeah. That's a, that's a good call. And you talk about a comfort zone, even if Theo is back, that's probably the only other place that would really feel like a comfort zone to him. And especially at that point in his life, at that point in his life and his career. And Tim makes a great point. I mean, it's a chance to win, too, which I'm sure means more to him than the sheer dollars right now. And, and by the way, I, I'm not saying that he's, he's going to be chasing the dollar, but it could be signif- a significant difference in dollars. And that, that, and that might just swing it. Okay, let me give you guys another one. Kyle Schwarber, nicest guy in the world, great in the room, hit what, a buck 89 this year? Kyle Schwarber made... $7 million, obviously prorated down to 2.6 because of the pandemic, but he's going to arbitration again. Kyle Schwarber, I think they're going to look and say, look, we love him. Great kid. It hasn't worked out like we all expected. We can't justify paying him $9 million or $10 million or whatever that number comes in at. Move him. We're cutting ties. We're moving on. Is Kyle Schwarber, Matty Lee in left field or DHing for the Chicago Cubs next year? Cap, you make a good point. And I think what we just talked about with the market changing, I think he could be a great guy to bring in. You know that he's a power hitter. Even though his baseline numbers weren't good this year, he still had he was still hitting home runs. Why, if you're a contending team, why not pick him up for a one-year deal. Yeah, I like it. I think I think he's gone. Gordon? I'll take that a step further. I think if they do, if, if 
if my bold prediction of uh, Kimbrel being the only big guy moved um, is is somehow miraculously wrong, uh, and they actually uh, start moving guys from the core, I think Schwarber would be the first to go. Um, and that's and that's saying something because this is a guy that Theo's had a man crush on since the day he met him before the draft in 2014. Uh, and and has viewed him since the beginning as a guy that was going to someday be the be the leader in that clubhouse, and and that's not to say he doesn't still have that potential, but he definitely hasn't been the consistent hitter that they've uh, expected over all these years uh, for all the great highs that he's had. And uh, you can, yeah, this is a perfect climate. I, I think Maddie makes a great point. It's perfect climate with uh, a universal DH in all likelihood coming to baseball. He fits anywhere now. And uh, I don't think he's going to make the nine or 10 million that, that you were suggesting he might in arbitration. But even if he's still just seven or seven and a half or something between seven and eight, that's a good chunk to move off the books. And you might get something back for him. Tim? Gordon, that last point, I'll use that what I'm going to be bold here, and I'll say I think Schwarber is a kind of a dark horse guy who could be non-tendered. And I say that because, Cap, we just talked about, you know, how much money that they're, they're projected to lose, their debt. Um, we're talking about trading him. If, they're, if it's in a, such a dire situation, we don't, we don't know, obviously, for sure what the numbers are looking like. You can't really afford to, to take that into December. Maybe all of a sudden it becomes January, February, and – what we've seen the last few years is they haven't done, they haven't been able to make these moves. So if you are in that kind of financial situation, you run the risk of not being able to trade that guy, even if, you know, I don't, I don't think there's going to give these guys away in a trade, but at the same time, maybe they do not tender if it's so bad that they can't wait to hope that they move that money off the books. They can't just assume they will. And I don't think you're going to see, you're not going to see Bryant non tendered. You're not going to see Baez. You're not going to see Contreras half. So who makes sense from there? It's a guy, he, he, he's making $7 million, which isn't a lot, but it's, it's more than everybody of those guys besides Rizzo in terms of Bryant, Baez, uh, and, and Contreras. And maybe that makes sense. You met, mentioned Chris Bryant, so I'm going to throw it out to the three of you. Chris Bryant made 18.6 prorated this year. Chris Bryant's going to get $20 million in arbitration? $19 million in arbitration. If there isn't a taker willing to take that money, is there a chance the Cubs non-tender him, Gordon? No, no. I mean, it sounds, it makes a lot of sense, especially after listening uh, to Tim lay out the Schwarber case and knowing just how dire the, the financial situation might look like but at the end of the day you th th these guys are still your product and you have to have a product to put on the field you have to have something you're uh this is a uh you have to sell this to your fans too and and while there's a lot of people down on chris bryant uh, he's still a guy he's still a guy if, if he's healthy he's your best hitter uh he and Javi are your best base runners. He and Javi are, are, are your most uh, versatile defenders. He was way better uh, even even this year at third base defensively um, when he when he was on the field, uh, even even as he slumped everywhere else. Uh, so no, I I, I I just can't see that. I just there's there's just too much value. He's 28 years old. 
there's too much there's too much value there when he's healthy and there and none of his injuries are, are so serious as to think he won't be healthy maddie yeah, I agree. I think he gains value as this season goes on. And if we want to really lean into their TV product and their, uh, you know, own, own company TV product, uh, I mean, we know from, from firsthand experience that Chris Bryant raises, like brings eyeballs to our site. He does the same for TV. He does the same for Marquis site. I mean, on top of how great of a player he is just baseline, obviously this season was a really bad outlier, but he's going to get better this season. He's going to continue to excite fans and continue to make this club better. So I'm going now. All right. Who else has a good one before I throw another one out? I can throw a quick Uh one out. I would say if anyone's going to sign an extension this winter, it's Ian Happ. And I think, I think you're looking at, you know, Happ is absolutely an R1 guy this winter. So there's probably should, he, he can get more value if he holds out. Like we've seen a lot of these guys have through the years, but maybe with the, the uncertain financial climate, he's coming off a good year. Maybe it makes sense where they get together and they offer him a pretty fair deal. And uh, he's someone they can lock up. And that doesn't mean he has to be the center fielder for the next four or five years, Like if, especially if we're talking about Schwarber leaving. Maybe he moves to left in a couple of years. But I think I think he's the kind of guy you want to invest in. You, you saw what happened to him last year, 2019. They sent him to AAA. Obviously, he wasn't happy about it at first, but he worked hard to get back to this point, and he made strides. That's the kind of guy you do want to invest in. And that's not to say any of the other guys you know, aren't that kind of player, but Hat might be more affordable especially right now uh if they can get ahead of him maybe because he keeps progressing uh maybe that makes a lot of sense for them and it might be hard to lock up the other guys with those big more lucrative deals like Baez and I guess Brian we can throw in there too hey I'll throw one more in there if you're talking about cost-cutting moves and possible extensions if Rizzo's open to it and there might be nobody more open to it in that clubhouse than Rizzo uh decline his option and, and bring him back on a mod- modest extension, three years or something like that, that's backloaded, gives him some assurances that he'll be around longer, which is something he desperately wants. And and at, at a at a climate in a climate like this, where as good as that contract was when they when they agreed to it nine years ago or whatever it was, that this uh, he he might in this climate uh, be paid above market value in the moment. And so you could you could still compensate him for that and still make up for that money on the back end of the deal and, and, and uh, save yourself a bunch of money up front. I had Rizzo down too for a contract extension, which I guess means that neither of us are that bold, but, um, but I think if you look at it, I mean, granted, it's not going to be cheap, but it seemed like the last time that there, that extension talks were brought up really the length was the issue. And I think a lot of our priorities, just people in general have shifted in the past year with the COVID-19 pandemic. So stability might become a huge priority for him. And, you know, the club gets a little bit of that too with his leadership skills and their talk about wanting to continue to win, but also brace for the future. 
he's really come to his own as a leader. And so that can be valuable not only for the next year, but also for the young guys coming up. I think it's worth it. So is there any chance that the Cubs move enough money, enough players off the books that they actually go out and add a megastar because they think said megastar could be the face of marquee their TV channel for years to come. And I'm talking about a guy like Francisco Lindor. Is there any chance they do something like that where they go, okay, we're moving that money and that money and that money, but we got to wait, 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 wait. Why would you talk about Francisco Lindor in that regard? When you already have Javi Baez and Javi Baez made 10 million before the salary was prorated this year. He's probably not going to make much more than that, if more than that, even through the arbitration process next year. Because so, I'm talking about having both of them on my team. Oh, my God. Well, I'm talking about moving Baez to third, playing Lindor at short. Wait, 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 wait. Baez, Baez might the Rican gold connection. No, no chance. No chance. Because Baez has to play shortstop for this team. The fans love it. He's the, he's the he's their favorite player. He's the most exciting player. He might be the most exciting player in the oh, league. Love him at third base. Who gives a flying rip? To shortstop's much put him different. At second. With all these shifts, it's basically the same thing, right? He was at second. He was at second. It was a, a starting all star at second. But yeah, and they played, they played like that on the national team. I, I remember back to to Cubs convention when Crane Kenny was up there talking about the Marquee Network. And one of the things that he said that he was so proud of that they thought was going to be the greatest thing for their network was the hobby cam. They were going to have a, a camera, at least in spring training, somewhere in the field around second base. It was going to be focused on the shortstop position because they were going to highlight hobby as exactly what you just said Lindor would be the face of the network. And he's already, he's already uh, agreeable to an extension. I tell you what, this, how about this one? If you want, if you want to, if you want to market something for that, for that network going forward, and you want to cost contain, what if you took Rizzo and Hobby and Bryant and put them all in a room, like the Blackhawks did with their guys a few years ago, and said, "Look, how about a package deal?" Look, as Maddie was pointing out, COVID COVID nineteen pandemic has made all a lot of us all of us look at life differently. Chris Bryant talked about that the minute he got to summer camp this year. You put all these guys and say, look, we've got a scenario. We've got a way that we can keep you guys together for another window of X amount of time. But you've got to work with us now. you got to work with us now on this time. We'll get the three of you on a combined 2021 full season equivalent salary of roughly $30 million. Which would which would save fifteen plus on the three of them for this year, and we'll make up for it on the back end, and and we'll 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 do these extensions three four five years out depending Hard on where pass. you are. Hard pass. Okay. That doesn't. The, we've had those guys together, and the offense has been broken. I'm but what I'm saying about, is, I'm, I'm talking about is cost containment. I'm talking about keeping the guys that have. Those guys right there don't win with are that. not your problem. You Those guys are not your problem. Disagree. Disagree vehemently. And I look at it and going, hold on a second. If I, even if I non-tendered him, if I got 20 million off the books of Chris Bryant, I was able to trade the seven of Kyle Schwarber. 
I declined uh, the option, obviously, on John Lester. I paid him his buyout, and he's gone. And I moved some other piece of money, and I went, hold on a second. I got to put a representative team out here. I'm the Chicago freaking Cubs. But if I have Francisco Lindor at short, Javi Baez at second, third, whatever you want, I now have two of the most marketable stars in the game for my TV channel, and I got the money to be able to do it. No chance, no chance, no chance. This market is too sophisticated to just throw out names and faces and say, come buy our tickets and watch our network. You got to win. You got to get to October and you got to win in October. You know how you do that? You go get Trevor Bauer. Go get Trevor Bauer and you can get him on a one-year deal. And he he might even cost no more than Lindor. And he's going to put you way over the top, way faster. I'm not trying to win next year. I'm just being honest. Well, I'm with, you got I'm with Cap. I'm you're with not trying Cap. to win at all if, if if you're putting all your eggs in, in the Lindor basket. Right. I'm trying to build something. I'm with uh, Cap. I'm with Cap. I think if you told Cubs fans, Chris Bryant, and I'm not saying Cubs fans are I'm not saying all Cubs fans hate Chris Bryant. I think there's a lot small segment who are just kind of ignorant, but I think if Chris Bryant walked or you, you let him walk, we traded him, whatever. If you said we're getting Francisco Lindor, a to the fan base to add to Javi Baez, let's say there's a scenario where you can get both. I think fans would be ecstatic over that. And I don't know Javi Baez, so maybe I'm wrong, but if you told him we're going to add Francisco Lindor, who he's close with, and I'm not saying Javi has to move, but those guys, would they not want to play with each other? I don't know. 100%. But- yeah, they, they, they love each other. They call each other brother. And, and Javi would move to second. He wouldn't move to third. Wait, because he go. said that Lindor is the best shortstop, but he's Omaga. Lindor, Lindor is a great defensive shortstop. And Javi, we've seen in 2018, Javi played of the 160-some games he played, he played a chunk at second. He played a chunk at short once Russell got hurt late in the season. And then he had uh, the domestic violence uh, investigation where he was put on the, the restricted list or the uh, – the, the bereavement list or whatever you would call it. So Javi can play around the field. We know it. And if you told them we're adding a 26 year old going on 27 all-star defensive, like great defensive shortstop. I don't think Cubs fans would be against that at all. And this is next year. This isn't this off season. So maybe it's a scenario where they have the financial issues. Now you keep these guys, you move them, whatever money comes off the books more than this year, next off season. And Lindor comes in. I think Cubs fans would love that. A hundred percent. You go make a move like that. First of all, Lindor's. Are you talking about trading for him and then signing? I'm signing saying sign them both. I'm saying they are signed. I'm not. You, they're not going to. What, what would they be able to trade Cleveland outside of here? We have Chris Bryant on a one year. Right. You have Lindor. That so you're sense. talking about going and getting him when he's a free agent next week. And finances. You know the finances are going to be tough in baseball for years, but I think next year it could be at least a little better than it is now for every team, especially the Cubs when money's coming off the books. Yeah. Tell me what it's going to take. If I have to trade for him this year, tell me what it's going to take and let me, you know, evaluate that. But if I told you, okay, I've got three good young catchers in my system, the best of whom's probably a Miguel Amaya, at least the closest to the big leagues. I got Victor Caratini. So I moved Contreras, which I'd get a ton for, and I moved his money. I moved Schwarber's money. I moved Bryant's money. All of a sudden now, I've got Rizzo locked up. He's the face of my team in the community. He's a hell of a guy. All of it. And now I've got, I'll play David Bodie at third next year. I've got Lindor at short. I've got Baez at second. 
You're telling me Cup fans wouldn't look at that plan and go, hold on a second. We're developing Braylon Marquez. We have got somebody coming down the pipe in a reliever. Wait a minute. What Cub fan are you going to convince that you that you got pitching uh, going on well, coming through I've the got, pipeline? I've got There's story. nobody. Well, it's a, I'd have to show them. Yeah, I've got a short-term solution for, for the rotation, too, with Cap's plan. Because you've got guys who you hope are coming but maybe aren't ready yet. If Lester is gone, you still have a hole in the rotation. So uh, re-sign Tyler Chatwood to a short-term deal, to one-year oh, deal. no chance. No way. No way. Okay. Very unpo- I'm sure it will be very unpopular with plenty of people. But what's the worst that happens? You're going to be able to get him he for sucks. cheap. That's what's the worst that can happen. You're going to be able to get, you're gonna be able to get him for cheap. Because uh, yeah, I hope so. season, no one else is coming after him, right? You need hit depth. And worst case scenario, you get a good reliever. If no, 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 that's like a bad case tapping scenario. In. They were tapping into something with him. The worst I know case scenario is you get. I know we've seen this before, but they're tapping into something with him at the beginning of the season. Why not say, hey, let's see if that was real. Or if it was just Let's see if it was in the pan. And if, what if it's, it's not, not, you still have a good reliever. We saw a franchise record walk rate his first year. That's the worst case scenario. I'm with Maddie on this. I look, I'm not if I'm the owner, I'm the GM, I'm saying in my meetings, you spin it obviously publicly a little different. Guys, I'm not worried about 2021 winning. I'm worried about building something for some more sustained success. And if you tell me I've locked up Lindor, Baez, and and Rizzo, and I've got, I hope, some pitching coming in Braylon Marquez, we're going to short-term piecemeal this thing. I think Ed Howard's three years away. I think I've got a reliever coming in Caraway. We're going to continue to add to this thing, but we're going to – retool on the fly here and we're going to do it younger and smarter and cheaper all in as a company this is my fantasy if i was a gm i would want you as my chief rival gm cat because i would kick your ass up and down the street every freaking year yeah, you know what You're, the funny thing would be? You and your 35-year-old ass team would be looking at my 24-year-olds going, why don't I have any of those good young players? Yeah, your, your 24-year-olds would be constantly looking up in the standings saying, okay, next year, over two years later, or three. this is a three-year plan, this is a four-year plan. You'd be one of those teams. Because, look, first of all, if you're going to do that, you gotta you got to look at the windows on the guys you have right now. you got three years of, of Hendricks and Darvish. you got to look at... Are you going to try to win with those guys? Because if you're not, those are value pieces that you can move for something now in a youth movement. Now, I I know what you're talking about. You brought up trading Darvish before. Go ahead, trade Darvish then. And then try to sell that to your damn marquee network. Good luck making Francisco Lindor the, the, the superstar of marquee if you can't win a damn game because you have no starting pitching. Good, Gordon. Let me just lay something out to you. Everyone in the industry is going to get their ass kicked again in 21 financially. So guess what? I'm going to bite the bullet now. I'm going to trade Darvish and get a freaking King's ransom back. And holy smokes, I just saved another 21 million in salary on top of it. And I'm building something for sustained success while you're going to an old folks home to pick your players up every morning. You got a chance to move salary Drop, drop payroll with salaries that are already falling off the books. 
and still have a, a handful of players right now that especially in these times when nobody's going to be adding significantly, where in this division, you can win this division and knock on the door and get in the playoffs. You could do that just by showing up next year. If you keep the two starting pitchers in your catcher. So it, when you have that, you have something to sell. You have something to sell on, on, on your marquee network and possible playoff revenues to make. Because by the end of next year, even the most uh, pessimistic are suggesting that maybe we'll have fans in the stands. And if you get fans in the stands during the postseason, it matters that you're there. So there's significant money to be made there. Plus, this marquee network is not nothing. They have to make money off of that. And you don't just make money by saying, hey, here's a couple of superstars, even though we're only winning 60 games. So, uh, you know, you can you can do that if you want. That's why Theo's talking about threading the needle, because there is a chance to do something and to continue to be relevant while you retool, depending on how deep these cuts go. But this, this idea of, of, of I, I think Lindor is a, a ludicrous idea under the circumstances. I mean, you've got Lindor in, in hobby, and I see what you're saying, put them both together, but you don't have that luxury. What you need is pitching. And the idea that we got Braylon Marquez and whoever else coming, we have, how many times have we heard that story the last nine years? Until they prove it and put three or four pitchers on this roster that stick a full season, even in the bullpen, I ain't going to believe a word of that. I don't know about trading for Lindor, but I don't – if you're talking about he's available in 2021 free agency, I think that's something they at least would have to – look at somehow some way with the money that would come off the books and i don't disagree with that if, if the climate's different and you and you've got money to pay at that point though it's like okay let's just let's just talk about what's there if you had rizzo will say Contreras through 2022 let's say he's still around Baez, haps there maybe schwarber's gone you still have brennan davis coming in a couple of years who's supposed to be this this he's one of their best hitting prospects we'll say he, he's a defensive center fielder he's, he's a good hitter uh, Amaya could come up by next year. So you, you could have some pieces there by then, but it all, all comes down to, to your point, Gordon, is the, the pitching. And they have two guys through, I think it's 2023 with Darvish and Hendricks. But yeah, from there, to have a couple spots they need to fill. Why well, we call it bold predictions. That's it. <laughs> and that's why we love sparring. All right. This has been one of our longer podcasts. We will get to more bold predictions. And I think what we should do, you guys give us your feedback what do you think about opening it up to viewer questions and follower questions through our social media? They can email us. You can tweet at any one of us. I'm at the cap man. I know Gordon's at G dub cub Maddie at Maddie underscore M underscore Lee and Tim uh, at Tim underscore Stebbins. There you go. So shoot any of us a tweet with your question and we'll try to answer all of those questions on our next edition of the Cubs Talk podcast. Gordon, sorry we had to beat you up so bad, but it's always fun, man. I, I, I don't know, man. You should see the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great day. You always do, Kevin. Thank you. See you guys. All right, that's a wrap for this edition of the Cubs Talk podcast, sponsored by Wintrust, home of Cubs checking with free ATMs nationwide and a really sweet W. ATM card like that fly the W flag for Maddie, Tim, Gordon, our great producers, Tony Gill, Jeff Nelson. I'm David Kaplan. We will see you next time. Go Cubs.